You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. back everyone what's good how you doing out there this is jason jones and this is your latest edition latest episode of the ruler report podcast where we talk sacramento kings we talk nba we talk hip-hop music and maybe we sprinkle in some other stuff every now and then depending on what the what the weather says what the mood says you know how we do and the Rule of the Court podcast is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. Got you covered across the NBA. Good, interesting content all around. Go ahead and check us out. And so, without further ado, as they say, let's go ahead and just jump right in. Uh, as I'm recording this, the Kings are coming off a pretty embarrassing loss. Uh, confession, I even tweeted this. I actually turned the Kings game off. They're up. <laughs> they're up but whatever late against uh detroit i'm like this game's over and then they never score again <laughs> what, 11-0 run 11-0 12-0 run by uh detroit to close the game yeah i like i said i i admit it i was a sucker i i, I for a minute believed hey even the kings can't blow this one I was wrong. I'm sorry. I don't know what punishment I should get for that, but there should definitely be some consequences for yours truly for actually, I should know better. I should know as well as anyone not to ever look at the score of a Kings game and say, oh, they got this one. Unless they're up like by 12 or like two seconds to go. And that, you know, coming off a loss to Houston, Kings are, you know, doing what they do, you know. Beat the Lakers, of course, but even now, beating the Lakers isn't even saying much. Lakers aren't a good team. I watched them. I actually turned the Kings off to watch the Lakers implode against (laughs) a struggling Indiana team and watch DeMontis Sabonis finish the game on one ankle and still hit a three on them. So, hey, I can't even give them props for beating the Lakers because the Lakers are a damn mess. Nevertheless... I want to hit on the some of the more recent news of the day involving the Kings. Uh, if you read my uh, primary employer, The Athletic, you saw the story uh, come come out that said um, the Kings have no intention to trade De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Halliburton. No intention. And this is a few days after 
another article of The Athletic talked about how the Kings were possibly in, interest, intrigued or interested at looking at not just Ben Simmons, also Tobias Harris. You know, just a lot of Kings chatter out there, but the latest word is the Kings will not, I repeat, will not or do not, I should say do not plan to trade De'Aaron Fox or Tyrese Hur- Halliburton. I say do not plan to because I don't believe that at all. I believe for the right deal, anyone can be moved. And according, you know, to the reports, you know, at the Athletic, I also saw uh, another report from uh, my boy Chris Haynes at Yahoo. Uh, Sham Sharanya had dropped that article from the Athletic. I'll give him some, give my boy some shout out too. But uh, the 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 plan is to build around De'Aaron Fox and Tyrese Halliburton. And what exactly does that mean? That means, first off, Monty McNair is still not ready to go into rebuild mode. I would argue that that should have been the nuclear option from the jump. Go ahead and blow this thing up. But instead, it feels like they've been committed to making sure they don't miss the playoffs. What You know, they're trying to end this playoff streak They've been our no playoff streak that is about to set a record by the end of the season when they miss the playoffs again. So, with De'Aaron being in his fifth season, it's clear that you expect him to be no a star at this point, and he's not there. I mean, De'Aaron would tell you this has not been his best season. He's had longer stretches of in, um, ineffective plays than he had last season, or probably the season before that as well. Um, the times where you're watching the game where he's where the fastest player in the league is walking, you know, it's just not a lot of good when you look at the big picture. But he's in the first year of a max deal, and the Kings are intent on keeping him as a cornerstone to what they believe eventually could or will be a playoff team. Tyrese Halliburton, you know, another young guy. He's in his second year. You could say that he and De'Aaron play the same position, which might be problematic. (laughs) You know, but... No, but it is what it is. And <laughs> it just makes this thing to me just more confusing. Because just because I mean, it's just confusing because you would think that at least one of them at least you know you know, you know, at least one of them have to be included in a package at some point. You can't, my thing is you can't keep them both, is my opinion. You just can't keep them both. It makes no sense. Yet here we are, and the Kings are insisting on keeping both, even after drafting Davion Mitchell. And to me, that tells me that Davion's possibly the odd man out in terms of if you're going to package someone, maybe you package the young point guard, the guy who... Hasn't had a chance to show as much, but maybe has some good upside. Again, to me, this is a kind of repeating 
the mistake the Kings have made over and over again over the last 15 plus years and not just being realistic about where they are as a team. And there's this thing about they got to make the playoffs, got to make the playoffs, top 10, top 10, top 10. This is not a top 10 team. It's just not. I mean, if you want to, you say you want to be a playoff team, we shouldn't be having a discussion about your effort every other week. It's just ridiculous at this point. And to continue to pretend like this team or this core is going to somehow turn something on, flip a switch, and they're going to be, you know, top 10, top 8, I think to, me, to me that's crazy. You know, you're counting on De'Aaron Fox to become a superstar or, they, you know, they're all-star, and De'Aaron's not close to being an all-star. Not close. While you look around the league, you look at a guy like John Morant who was taken off. John Morant's an MVP candidate in year three. I even look at a guy like Shea Gilgus Alexander who has literally nothing, doesn't have much to play with around him, but continue to make strides. And you have to ask yourself, if you were going to build around a guy, clearly right now you take Ja ahead of De'Aaron. Would you take Shea Gilgus Alexander ahead of De'Aaron? I think I'm, I I could argue that you do. So, this is this is the guy the Kings are hitching their future to on at the moment. And to me, that's a scary proposition if you're a Kings fan. Because I think what we're seeing right now, unless something drastically changes, is that De'Aaron cannot be your best player if you're going to be a good team. Maybe he's a number two or a number three, but he can't be your best player. Because him as your best player has gotten you this the last couple of years. Tyrese is still younger, you know, less experienced, only in his second year. There's time for him to develop. But as of now, as much as I like Tyrese, I haven't seen superstar from Tyrese. And maybe that's because he's sharing the backcourt with De'Aaron. Maybe it's why you would argue De'Aaron should be available for trade. But as of now, the Kings aren't willing to part with either of them. Which brings me to the latest news out of Philadelphia where Daryl Morey spoke to the media. Excuse me, I'm moving my foot around. <laughs> but Daryl Morey spoke to the media out there, out in Philly. And basically said... It's basically, I'm summarizing, it's crazy that it's gotten to this point with Ben Simmons and they're going to have to soften their stance in terms of what they're willing to take back to get a deal done. And one of the reasons why they're willing to do that is because Joel Embiid is having another MVP caliber season and you might want to get Joel some help to capitalize on the way he's playing and this good health he's on right now. You know, you don't want to waste that because you let the other all-star sit out all year and you didn't trade him to get some some players who are actually going to be on the court for you. And I saw a tweet where he said there was definitely some deals out there with Sacramento. Not sure if that counts as tampering, but hey, it, it gives us something to talk about in terms of, in, of Ben Simmons. Is there a realistic pathway to get, the, to get Ben Simmons to Sacramento in exchange for as a, Maury said, you know, you kind of get maybe a top 40 player the the compliment Embiid. I see no pathway for that to happen if if De'Aaron Fox is not in the deal. I just don't see it. Because Buddy Hill and Marvin Bagley the third ain't going to get it done. Because with Marvin, you know, being, you know, being in a deal where he could be restricted or unrestricted, I don't see in a world where Philly would trade for Marvin and then qualify him and eat up cap space. 
why would you, if you're Philly, why are you taking basically trading Ben Simmons for Buddy Heald and maybe some extra parts in a pick or two? Why would you do that? I wouldn't do that if I was Philly. I think if you're, if you're talking about Sacramento and about players who might help them, possibly Harrison Barnes becomes the next chip if you're not going to move Buddy, excuse me, not Buddy, either De'Aaron or Tyrese. But if I'm Philadelphia, I want more than Harrison Barnes. I need Harrison, and I need Buddy, and I need, and I still want at least Tyrese. I still would want a point guard because people forget that Ben has served as a point, we can call him a point guard, point forward, whatever, a facilitator. I don't see why in the world Philly would do this deal without getting back one of those guys. It just makes no sense for them. And I understand in Sacramento there's some PTSD, so to speak, of past deals with Philly, most notably the uh, pick swap <laughs> arrangement that Vlade made in that salary dump with the Sixers years ago to clear out space to sign Rajon Rondo, Marco Bellinelli, Costa Kufus, you know, that free agent hall. That, of course, two of those, you know, some of those guys, and Karan Butler, and of course, Three of those guys were gone after one year. So I understand that, you no, know, you don't want that to happen again, but there's no way you're getting an all, a two-time All-Star to Sacramento for Marvin Bagley and Buddy Hill. This ain't going to happen. And I don't think that Philly makes that deal for Harrison, Marvin, <laughs> and Buddy. Even though I believe Harrison would help would help them, I just don't see that as being enough in their eyes to get a deal done. Especially not knowing what type of draft compensation would be included. So, tell me what you think. If you're Sacramento, do you is Ben Simmons a big enough piece to to rebuild around or reload around, and to to where you part with one of these guards? I'm I'm adamant. I I'm a firm believer that this team is not going to make a a drastic jump unless they give up something important and good. And Marvin Bagley and Buddy Hill is not going to cut it for any team. Just won't cut it. You know, I know every fan's dream scenario is they get an impact player for Marvin and Buddy. It's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. If it does, I would say I'd shave my head, but my head's already shaved. But I just, it's not going to happen. So, you can tell me, would you move one of those guys? I think I would. In order to get a impact player, the thing is, if you don't believe Ben Simmons is that impact player, which I believe, I can understand why you wouldn't believe that. I mean, there's a guy who doesn't want to shoot, <laughs> so I can understand you not wanting to mortgage part of your future for for him. But he'd already be the best defender the Kings have. He'd probably be the best passer. Be a lot of good things about Ben in Sacramento, but that's not going to happen. You know. They're not going to give up Ben for, you know, pennies on the dollar just to get him out of town. So that's my take on that. That's where we are with the Kings who begin their East Coast trip coming up. And, ooh, should be interesting. The way Knowing this Kings team is so crazy, they'll probably go out there and win a bunch of games on the road in the East. But I wouldn't bank on it, but who knows? Uh, I've already been burnt by the Kings this week by believing they were going to beat Detroit because they were up late. So I'm not going to put any faith in this team. But before we uh, move on to my favorite portion of the show, 
the hip-hop portion of the show. I've got a message for you all from our good friends over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You know where it is now. We're in the divisional round of the playoffs, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down the Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team. Bet just $5 and get 280 in free bets if your team wins. My team, the Raiders, is already out, so I wouldn't be I can't bet on my team. Just so you know, the sports book isn't available in your state. You can still get it on the action of the divisional round. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Sounds good to me. Like I said, my team is already out, so maybe y'all can make some money on whoever's left playing. So here's your call to action. Here's what you need to do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN and get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code TBPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restriction supply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You know what? Let's get back to the show. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And here we are. We're in the hip-hop portion of the uh, of the Rule of the Court podcast. And this week's um, hip-hop portion is actually inspired by a tweet from Questlove last week talking about Jay-Z's album In My Lifetime, Value 1. And full disclaimer here. To me, that was never my favorite, <laughs> you know, uh, Jay-Z album. It might have been one of my, it's actually probably one of my least favorites. But Questlove pretty much said, hey, this album, I'm kind of, you know, um, you, know uh, you know, summarizing it briefly. But he basically said the album has really aged well. And it's not, you know, nearly as, you know, it's not a bad album. And in fact, he, you know, it actually even inspired a reply from Jay-Z about the album. Which is crazy because, you know, Jay-Z tweets, you know, what, never. So, what I'm going to do is, what what it inspired me to do was kind of go back, actually, and listen to that album a few more times again. Because, again, I didn't like it much when it came out. I was nah, no big deal. Nah. You know, had some songs on there. You know, you know, it's uh. So that's where I was at, and I'm gonna read uh. And uh, I'm gonna read with uh, Quest tweeted actually about that. Because somebody had, somebody had tweeted at him said hot somebody tweeted hot take sunshine by Jay Z was fine and got an unnecessarily bad rap actually holds up better now than it did I hated that song I ain't gonna lie I hated that song 
you know, it was just so not what we were looking for from from Jay Z. It was like, what is this? It was like it felt like it should have been a puffy song. So it just was not what I was trying to hear from Jay Z at the time. You know, Jay Z came from I got I want you know I got dead presidents to represent me. You know, into you know sunshine and just like wearing the whole the whole bright suit thing. It just didn't feel right. And here's what Questlove said about it. Our main argument is his hate for Volume 1. He is embarrassed for trying to to make a monster and not putting up, putting numbers up. But a lot of this LP contains his best moments. Fight me at SC at Sean Carter. And so, he goes on to say, Million One Questions. I know what girls like got shafted. Two pop culture classics that might have never went over the head in 97. But I was there for joy. Imaginary created hove. Streets friend to you know friend you know except I'm run out of space. This is John Knock. The other thing he says, when you hear players, you only got two sides to choose. You want to be the cat who got leathers, or you want to be the cat asking the cat if you got leathers. I was thinking big then. I was living in my smallness in '97. LOL. But I never knew I was gonna be the latter. And so. I actually just went back, you know, and actually before we move on, I'm actually going to read you what Jay-Z said in response uh, to what uh, Quest was saying. Because like I said, this is a, this is a, this is an interesting debate because, you know, you said, you said part of it is Jay didn't like the album and maybe that affected, but I didn't, you know. You know, I didn't like it, but I'm going to go ahead and read to you what Jay said about this album in the tweet. Okay, you ready? Hope you are. So I'm going to go ahead and, uh, you know, you know what he says. He goes, and this is in response to what Questlove says about our main argument is his hate for volume one. His being Jay's hate for the album. And here's what he says. Agreed. More so, I know what could have been. So it haunts me. Streets is watching was the first song made. So, you know. Yeah, so I mean, that was so what I did was I went back and played the whole album, just listened to it. And I have to say, Quest Love is right. This album is much better than it felt like it was back then. You know, and I and I look back, what I didn't like were all the were, were the were the R and B songs. That's what I didn't like. I did. I wasn't a big "The City Is Mine." I I, I really wasn't trying to hear Jay Z with Blackstreet, and that song isn't even like bad. I just wasn't trying to hear it back in '97. You know, you got "I Know What Girls Like" with Diddy and Lil Kim. It felt like a Diddy song, not a Jay Z song to me. Still does. And "Always Be My Sunshine" with Babyface and Foxy Brown is like. Mm. Like I said, and I think on that one, what killed me for that was the video. Me seeing Jay in like a lime green suit and the dancers. This, that didn't work for me. But in retrospect, this album actually is not bad. It felt like Jay swung for a pop hit, like, you know, for massive numbers. And it just didn't do it because it didn't connect that way, you know. But, you know, Streets is watching Imaginary Players, Friend or Foe 98, Lucky Me, Who You With Too. Face Off, Real Niggas with Jay-Z and Too Short, Rap Game, you know, Where I'm From is on there, and I love that song, 
You know, so looking back, sometimes an album, for whatever reason, just doesn't hit the way you would like when it comes out. But you got to go back later on and reflect and say, okay, maybe it wasn't so bad. And this is a case of one of those albums. And maybe as I, you know, go the rest of the season, I'll start going back and looking at albums. You know, see how they age, so to speak, that they grow on you or grow on me in this case. This actually is not as bad an album as it felt like it was, dang, like almost 25 years ago. Man, I'm old. (laughs) But back in college, this album did not feel like it was a good album at all. So if you want to get nostalgic with Jay-Z, go back and listen to In My Lifetime Volume 1. I'm going to say this. Outside of a few songs, probably, you will not be disappointed. So that's your hip-hop talk for the week. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Underscore Jason Jones. You can find me on Instagram at Mr. Jones LBC. You can find me from my work at theathletic.com where I'm writing about culture, little basketball, you know, whatever else is coming to mind. So appreciate the love and support. Uh, thanks for listening. Shout out to the basketball podcast network for the platform. Again, I am Jason Jones. This is the Rule of the Court podcast, and I am out. Take care. Go on. Catch you next time.